Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. Wealth is what? The ability to do more of what you want to do than what you have to do. Okay. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host, as always. My name is Jimmy, and as we start off every show, that is with gratitude. I want to say thank you to anyone and everyone who supports what we got going on. Special shout out to students from By the Hood University, as well as the By the Hood Ownership Camp, the youth there, as well as our private MDC strategy membership group. Shout out to everybody there as well. I got my partner in Crown Core with me. Core, what's up, good brother? What's good, man? Every day above ground is a good day, so let's go get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as you know, this is our podcast, you know, our new format podcast. Um, my brother's back in the building with me, and, you know, we found something that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about wealth, right? What does wealth mean to you? So I'm going to start it off with a question that I want you guys to answer in the comments, or if you're listening to this on the audio, shoot us a message. What does wealth mean to you, right? Is wealth a number, Right. Or does wealth mean something completely separate? Um, this conversation sparked from an article we saw on Market Watch, which I'll share with you in a second. I'll make sure to put the link to the article within the show notes as well as the description here on YouTube. But, uh, you know, Cora, let me start with you, bro. Before I even talk about the article, what does wealth mean to you? Uh, depends. So depends on when you ask me, right? If you ask me, uh, you know, what means more to me, time or money? I'm gonna always say time. So mm-hmm. I guess wealth is time. Um, mm-hmm. But um, money is a way to to buy time. So um, it, it, it's both, right? It's time and money. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going, you know, that that sounds like a, a weird weird way to put it, but it is. It's um, it's the ability to 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 buy time so that, sounds like, for me, that, sounds like a, that sounds like a real cop-out answer i ain't going to commit one way or the other way you said it's, both. it's, it's, it's it, for me it's the ability to buy time right to be mm-hmm. able to do what it is you want to do more than what you have to do right? okay all right so that's for me that's wealth right to be the ability to do more of what you want to do than more of what you have to do so you so all right so to quickly define wealth to you you say that sentence again wealth is what the ability to do more of what you want to do than what you have to do. Okay. All right. All right. That's a, that's a nice, succinct way to put it. Right. Um, here's one thing I realized, right? So when I was younger, I always had this idea of certain numbers, like what's my number just to, to get, to get low. Cause I mean, you know, unlike a lot of folks, my, my long-term goal is to disappear um, and never to be seen from again. But, and that number changes based upon, Honestly, based upon the cost of living, which is <laughs> throughout my adult life, it's just become crazier and crazier and crazier. I'm always talking to you the other day when you know you had all your boys up here with you. You was like, yo, food costs too much now. <laughs> I was doing my food yeah. costs, bro. You was like, yo, it didn't cost this much a couple years ago. Like you was you was talking about the difference to feed your boys <laughs> a couple years ago versus today. Um, and I think we all have like, you know, kind of actually felt inflation a little bit more this time than usual. 
right? Yeah, man. Um, so you know, so that idea of what what's that number has has kind of changed. But one thing I do want to put on the record, though, right, right. So I think that the idea of wealth is personal, right? I don't think there's one way to define wealth. I think everybody has to to define wealth in their own way. That that's you know kind of what my opinion is. Um, but with that being said, let's talk about this article from Market Watch, and let's let's you know kind of give our opinion on what's being said here. So. And again, I'll put the link to this article within the show notes as well as the description. And the article says, who do Americans consider wealthy? Plain old millionaires just don't cut it anymore. Right. So it says Americans perception of wealth has shifted over the past several years, according to a new survey done by Charles Schwab. So what does it take to be considered wealthy in the U.S.? Well, a cool million isn't enough these days. You need twice that and then some. Americans say it takes $2.2 $2.2 million to qualify as wealthy, according to this uh, survey. Charles Schwab started doing a survey back in 2017. Back then, people said it was 2.4. Um, in 2020, the answer was 2.6. Interestingly, in 2021, probably because of the pandemic, people say, yo, 1.9. You know, um, But the fact of the matter is, according to this article, that kind of cash is out of reach for most Americans. Nearly half of those surveyed, 48%, said they felt wealthy. Um, According to the survey, and the average net worth of the people who said they felt wealthy was five hundred and sixty thousand dollars. So people who have a net worth of five sixty said they kind of felt wealthy. Another thing interesting about this, this isn't broken down by any socioeconomic type thing in terms of race. But if you did do that, um, we know where we stand in terms of net worth. Uh, So that's a whole other way to look at this article. But getting back to the article, um, it talks about how Americans perception of wealth has shifted um, and what it means to be wealthy. Uh, these days, people appear to be putting less emphasis on the contents of their wallet and more on the contents of their heart, according to previous versions of the same survey, right? And we talked about this before we came on, um, about how the new generation looks at wealth versus our generation or previous generation. So I know that um, we talked about, you know, millennials, but just to get a little bit of data on that. Younger respondents were more likely to report feeling wealthy. 57% of millennials and 46% of Generation Z said they felt wealthy versus 41% of Gen X and 41% of baby boomers. And it says Americans today aren't worried about keeping up with the Joneses. And more importantly, they understand that they can be happier with fulfilling experiences and relationships, even if they have less money than them. So um, that's interesting right there, too. Like the younger generation is kind of like, not even looking at the world the same. So, um, I mean, I know why. <laughs> so, so a lot of a lot of it is because they're kind of forced to, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so U.S. households it says struggle with higher prices due to inflation, increasing credit card debt, and incomes that don't always cover bills, right? So it's, it's almost like they're forced to kind of have this feeling, um, which is also sad when you look at it that way because now it looks like this next generation won't have um, the amount of resources their previous generations have. I read another article um, outside of this that talked about the amount of boomers retiring now is affecting um, the ability for millennials to purchase homes because they're pushing the price up to a point where they can't um, afford to buy homes. Anyway, but also says that households have seen their net worths expand this year, rising 2% in the first three months of the year to $148.8 trillion, And that's according to the Federal Reserve's flow of funds report. However, that's still below the all-time record of $152.6 trillion in early 2022, 
when we were receiving aid from the government. So it's bird gang money. <laughs> <laughs> what you call it? The government money? Bird gang money? Bird yeah. gang money. All right. So, but listen, though. All right. A couple things about this um, article. And again, I'll make sure to link this article in the show notes as well as the YouTube description for those watching the video. Or if you're watching it on Facebook, if you do stream this video our podcast on our Facebook page. I'll make sure to put it in that description as well. Um, but the thing that's interesting about this is how the younger generation is looking at money. And to your point, the article kind of also hints at this, kind of have no choice but to look at it that way. Um, yeah. and, and it's also, it's kind of sad. Um, so on one hand, you'd be like, man, that's dope. You're looking at the, the idea of wealth completely different. But then when you really like think about it, it's like you have a small number of people who are bogarting all the resources, taking all the resources from the land and kind of selling it back to you. It's kind of effed up, right? It is. And then, you know, we also know that we got uh, brokerages and, and banks buying up large swaths of land so that these young people do not even getting a chance to own. Right. And so their idea of wealth is going to shift. Right. Because their idea of wealth is going to end up being digital, right? It ain't going to be, it's, it's, it's not going to end up being real property or real estate. It's going to end up being digital because they're not going to be able to own the real property and real estate because of the, the, the shift in landscape. And so, um, what was the, the World Economic Forum that I think the Danish guy said one time? He said, uh, what was that quote? You'll own nothing and be happy, right? That's, 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 nut, that's nutty block. Y'all can Google that quote. You'll own nothing and be happy, right? And then when you look at culture in general and how things have shifted to, say, a Kindle or a Netflix, right, where you don't own content, you don't own physical movies, you don't own books, all that stuff is shifting digital. But the, the, the craziness behind that, if you ever read the terms of service on Kindle, you're literally just borrowing it from them. If they decide that, hey, we're cutting you off, then you technically don't own that either, right? Um so, yeah, it's a lot with that as well. Um, but even in the digital space, right, this is this is what's crazy. I know a lot of my crypto folks be like, oh, we're going to own everything in the digital land. Like, you really don't own that either, though, right? Because all that stuff has to run on servers, which sits on land, which sits on this. Like, they've kind of yeah. us into believing we have to go live in another world because they've already gobbled up everything in the real world. I just, I don't need fight with folks. You know what I mean? Like, do you? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, because... It's just the same as folks with the, the real estate and real, you know, real property. Like you, you can't, you can't argue with these folks, right? Because if you got a mortgage, you don't own. Mm -hmm. The bank still owns it until you pay it, right? And then even if it, the state owns it, unless you're in a, in a homestead state, right? If you're not in a homestead state, you're paying taxes, and if you don't pay your taxes, they're going, they're going to come grab your joint. Well, so, see, so, 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 all right. So, legally speaking, I, I should even say legal because this is not legal advice or anything. And I know people like to say that because you have to pay a mortgage. You are you own the property, but you you have a loan which is secured by said property. Yeah, there's no difference than going to have any sort of thing and getting a loan against it with your. Listen, I'm not I'm not yeah. fighting against it. What I'm saying is, it's the same thing in the digital space. It's the same thing, right? You mm -hmm. you're 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 you you own it. You know what I mean? But those, those you don't own those servers. You don't own any of the things that that connect you to it. And so if those people cut that off, you lose that that whatever. So oh, no, that's absolutely true. Right. So, so what I'm saying is, you know, ownership is, is fleeting. It's a it's a it's an ideal that, that should not be 
dismissed, but you have to you have to look at it for really what it is. If the government just the, the government decides, like the government decides who is rich and who is poor, right? Because the because the laws decide who's rich and who's poor. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they, lot of people don't understand that they don't understand that uh that correlation between um government power and and wealth, right? Yeah, so so because a lot of the biggest companies you saw got their start from government money. You know what I mean? I mean? Tesla, like, Tesla still makes a majority of their money off of government, but no one wants no one wants to talk about that. But yeah, that's, listen, that's all the video. But but let me let me say this though. Um it's funny because a lot of my folks who are, are Bitcoiners, they like to always talk about. Bitcoin is the only true form of ownership because of some of the things that you said. And that's the, that's kind of the argument they have about taxation, about um, control, because even when it comes to the stock market, like, you know, you, you have these assets and you have, um, you know, you're getting money from these assets, but um, you don't con- technically control that. Right. The that, down. that press has a song is called uh, what if the lights go out? Right. Oh. And, and, and I always listen to that underrated, song. underrated group. Yeah, Dead Prez is one of my favorite groups. But anyway, um, Dead Prez has a song that that you know, what if the lights go out? And I always think about that song because, you know, um, everything that we do in terms of communication, in terms of you know what we do in the markets, everything's electronic now, right? The stock market for the most part is completely like an electronic space now. But what if the lights go out? Are are you prepared like to take care of your family that way? It's why I always think about like you know, and, and this is the role that kind of Precious Metals has played in the past where people will stockpile precious metals because, you know, just as a, a hedge against everything else, I want to be able to have some sort of value if the lights go out. Um, now, again, again, I try and dig too deep, but you can't operate Bitcoin without the internet or the lights. Um, but that's getting way too deep into that space. And that's not, not what this video was about. It's about what do you consider wealth? But that's another reason to consider wealth something different because all this stuff is fleeting. Even the idea that you mentioned of ownership is, um, interesting when you start to pull back the layers of what it truly means to own but also this leads to a conversation about political power and being politically astute and aware of how everything is connected and how you can't just focus on getting money right it has yeah. to be something bigger than getting money yeah. you have to you have to fight on the political space to protect said money we, i forget i forget which one of the, which one of our black scholars said it but they were saying if you don't own the means of production, you don't own anything. Yeah, and, I think about that often, dog. All these, all these um quote unquote billionaires and folks out there, and we don't have any sort of infrastructure. Yeah, so the, the means of production is the thing that you have to own, right? And at this point, we don't own the means of production. And so when I look at ownership, right? And so this is why I say ownership is about how you spend your time more than how much money you have mm-hmm. right um because i mean specifically <coughs> you don't own the means of production to anything yeah excuse me and so if you don't own the means of production and you don't own the military force to to, to take said means of production yeah you you are at the mercy of the, the people who are making the law you know mm-hmm. what i mean now we have quote unquote a system where that you know where we can vote and do all these other things but the government is an entity that is built to protect itself yes from all from all you know from everything foreign and domestic so you got to think about that when you 
you know, I, you know, I try not to get into my, my conspiracy bag because I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I work for our government and I know how our government will do you if, if they feel like you're a threat to our government. Mm-hmm. And um, I also read. So between having lived it and read it, I mean, my, my, my ideal of ownership starts with time and how you spend it and then moves on to those other things, right? Um, yeah. Because yeah. I know that for a fact, if the government wanted, they're going to come get it, right? You got We got the, the, the illest collection agency in the world, the IRS. Is the illest. Yeah. They don't the illest. The illest. If they want it, they get it. Listen, they're the only people I'm scared to have beef with. I don't want no smoke. The IRS is the illest collection agency on the planet, and they 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 coming for hell if they want it. So they also had a power to take your time from you if they deem that your taxes aren't being paid properly. Mm-hmm. So you know when you talk about ownership. What do you really want to own? Do you really want to own the things or the time? You know what I mean? Like, do you so so your idea of wealth might be built around that's why these younger people they they're you know they got game that we ain't never had, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so it's, it's almost like they're forced into it, but I, I don't but I think they kind of have figured out they figured out the cheat code because again, they have no other choice, right? So I'm not saying like it's a good thing, but um I, I think it, I was reading a book, it was uh Seneca. Trying to think of the exact quote. It said, "Um, if you don't regard uh, what you have as enough, um, you'll never be happy, even if you rule the entire world." Yep. Right. And his point is, there are certain people who who operate in this world where you never have enough. Right? Jump with the philosophy books. No, Doug. I, I I read a lot about stoicism because I, certain things just interest me. No, so I, when you said Seneca, I was like, "Oh, Jim, get in his bag." <laughs> no, no. But I read a lot about stoicism. I read about minimalism. I read about like um, even the fire community. And they, a lot of them, yes, minimalism. Yeah. Look, some of that stuff overlaps. Is what I'm saying. The point I'm making okay. is some of that stuff overlaps, right? So, but a lot of it is about because it kind of goes to what I've spent my adult life studying, which is value, specifically yeah. real estate value for me. But then as I was introduced to Bitcoin, it's like the value of Bitcoin, just 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 the idea of what value is. And then you get into a bag where you start to realize that um, that's why I said in the beginning, it's up to the person. Certain people just value different things. You know, we talked earlier today about like how crazy this year has been, how many folks that you, you know, loved ones you've lost. I've been to more funerals this year and I've probably been the last three years. And I've mentioned this before, like a Friday show, like it's interesting because when people are having their eulogies, you never hear anyone talk about how much money they had. And, I know, folks that, and I know folks that have money that pass away and no one Not talks once. about how much money they had, right? They talk about the other things, about how they were able to affect other people. And as I, you know, sitting in, sitting in the various funerals, I'm sitting there, I always sit back and just think about what's being said about this person's life as they're telling their story. And I'm like, it, it occurred to me, that's the real wealth, right? Yeah. You have people that can get up when you're no longer here and talk about how you've impacted them. That's real wealth. So it's like that stuff is important. Yeah. But but the thing is, you know, this is still a fight for resources at the end of the oh, day. Oh, for sure. Right. So at the end of the day, that's, why, that's why I went to talking about that earlier. Yeah. Having been in our government and see what they do to fight for resources around the world, because mm-hmm. that's really what this fight is about. It's about the controlling the means of production and the resources of the world right yeah. 
Yeah. And also it's about folks who feel like they know how, like when you look at what leadership is, they feel like they can tell you how to live your life better than you can your own. Mm -hmm. Because think about this world, right? And this is the one thing that the pandemic showed me, I think probably more than any other time in my life, is how all this stuff is being held together with like duct tape. How everything could just go at one moment. Like when we were in the pandemic, you know, folks were wearing masks. And then it was the argument about the jab. Then it was like um, folks in the street fighting and protesting. I'm like, yo, then you had January 6th. It's like all this stuff is being held together by duct tape. But this is why they feel like they have to have some semblance of control. Because if everybody woke up one day and realized who the real enemies were, um, this whole place would be, you know, turned different. And not trying to get too deep into my conspiracy bag. I'm also not a conspiracy theorist. But don't get me wrong. I love a good conspiracy theory because I think they make the world interesting. Um, but, you know, um, so the idea of wealth, which is what this conversation is about, to me, is really a personal thing, um, more so than a number. There, there's two things I know about stuff. One, you need money to acquire it. And two, if you can't protect it, it ain't yours. Super, <laughs> super like, like this is the, the facts of life are if you can't protect it, it's not yours. Super facts. So, um, like, I learned that in two places. I learned that on the streets, and I learned that in the in the military. Because mm-hmm. there are countries with with vast amounts of resources, but they can't protect them. And so, all these other places come and take those resources and do whatever they want with them. And so, to control the means of production, you know, that's what that's what what uh, imperialism was about. Imperialism- I was just watching a video. I was just watching a video of Boris Kojo. He was on um. Ebro show on Hot 97, but he was having a conversation about um, countries in Africa and how France just basically just runs through them. And they put these rules in place where they have to use like, you know, um, the franc or whatever the French dollar is that the France don't even use it no more. They force them to use it and they force them to give the them their in that, in, in, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a currency that no longer exists. This is not a direct quote because I don't remember his exact language, but he but the, the idea of what he was talking about is how France is still bullying certain countries in Africa to this day and forcing them to hand over resources. And if they don't, they take away this like you know millions of dollars of aid that they get, which is how they function. So but the thing of, is, they wouldn't need the millions of dollars in aid exactly. weren't. So it, it, it's the whole thing. And you know who France's big brother is, which is how they keep control, which is you know this country so because the reason only reason countries in europe f with the, the united states is because the united states the, the united states got the the big brother military and then everybody else you know that's why Listen, when we man. vote they vote with us you know that's why when they move when, when <laughs> we move they move you know what i mean just like <laughs> that just like that <laughs> Listen, yeah. i thought the dmx when you said that like you know at the end of the day i was, was i was, I was thinking more about ludicrous no dmx said and what you can't beat me right so all the stuff you talk but you can't beat me so yeah pretty much you can have whatever you have you can do whatever you do but at the end of the day you can't beat me so the the united states say get down and lay down more than anybody yeah they literally and it's the only country with i will bomb your country on their resume literally said it's on their resume Listen, no other country has that on their resume. Other countries have invasions and all kinds of crazy stuff on their resume. We have, we'll drop a nuclear bomb on you on our resume. All right. Let's chill because, you know, we are, we already get a, a you know, they be I'm just saying. No, but you're right. You're right. No, you're not saying with you at all. Hey, listen, bro, you can talk all the tr- smack you want. The reason why there was a nuclear arms race is because the United States has that on their resume. This is on their jacket, like you know, it's on their it's on their on their sheet. 
Yes. So absolutely. the absolutely. reason why there's an arms race, there's a nuclear arms race, is because the United States started. So <laughs> the funny thing, having this conversation, you see just how deep down the rabbit hole can go because we'll start going further. This we, is this is the the ownership, ownership, right? Right. You, you own but, what you can protect. But but here's the thing though, knowing all these things, this is why you have to figure out for yourself kind of what makes you happy and what gives you that sense, right? It's like um the Bob Marley quote when they asked when a guy asked Bob Marley, like, you know, um, are you rich? Like, I don't see your cars and all this. And Bob Marley's response was, Do possessions make you rich? Right. And Bob Marley had another quote one day where he said, um, he said, Some people are uh, so poor, all they have is money, right? Yeah. And that, that was a, that, that was a part too. Oh. So so shout out to Robert Nesta Marley, man, legend, legend, legend. Uh, definitely top three of all time in terms of you know that's just my personal opinion. In terms of all genres of music, I got Stevie, Bob. Never mind, this ain't no music. He top, he top four. He top four because you got you, you got to put Stevie, Stevie, Mike, Prince, and Bob. All right, so I'll round it out and put Marvin there. Then we got a top five. All right, so there we go. We got I will never argue with that. All right, all right, so all right. Let's, but off that note, though, <laughs> off that note, though, um, that was an interesting quote by him. But it's one of those things where when you and, and he was a, a person that was I don't they don't they didn't hijack a term made it mean something else. So I was getting ready to say woke because they, they didn't made that mean something else, right? But um, you know, but he was someone who was aware of what was going on. And what I'm saying is when you understand the the bigger picture you have to figure out then <laughs> my man was so weird they tried to assassinate him in his crib <laughs> yeah dog and this something that makes music right that's when you know you that's when you know my man was banned from his country my man had to live in a whole different place and then yeah. when he came back they tried to get him out of here like and you know according according since we talk conspiracy according to who you talking to that whole idea of um his cancer was kind of like uh you know, um, giving him a whole different way. Anyway, um, so the question I have for everybody listening to this or watching, what does wealth mean to you? Knowing what we know about governments, um, big corporations, about this system that we live in, what do you find um, gives you the feeling of wealth, right? Is it family? Um, is it time? As Corey's alluded to multiple times, as our book is called Own Your Time and Space, by the way, which is a, a classic. Don't forget to get our book, Own Your Time and Space. What does wealth mean to you? Um, you know, so that's just a, the question I'm going to leave with you folks. Great article, great conversation. My brother, as always, you know, we always have these great convos. We just try to record them every once in a while and put them on the pod. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but yeah, man. So I, I want to go with, what does wealth mean to you? And, um, what does ownership mean to you? Right. Cause ownership, you know, Corey broke down why he thinks that a lot of things we believe we own, we actually don't even own. Right. You can't protect that You don't own it. I'm just, gonna, I'm gonna, you don't want to hear that, but it's true. Some people believe that about their own life. Like, do I even own my own life? If you can't protect it, it don't belong to you. Mm, all right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leader. The, the streets taught me that. I'm a leader at that. No, <laughs> it's, it's true, right? You know, um, folks will take whatever you know? they want. If you can't folks protect it, it don't belong to you. You, you seen enough mob movies to know the destiny. And, and the crazy part is, a lot of times that's not even about being tough. It's about being smart, right? So a lot of times, this is why you see folks who have and you don't even know they have. A lot of that's based on protection. I remember my grandfather back in the day. He's telling me he was like, "Man, look," he said, "He said you ain't supposed to show your money like that." I'm like, "What's the point?" Of I used to ask him like, "What's the point of having it?" And he was like, "One thing is," he said, "Outside of the wolves that come to get you," he said, "The government, the government coming to get you." Now, you know, as I was a young boy, he was telling me this, and I didn't know what he was talking about. 
Yeah, you said the wolves. Man. You said the wolves, and then the, the ones who even more dangerous to them, the government. Right? Yeah, man. Listen, the government got two kinds of gangsters. They got the paperwork gangsters, who I think are just as or more dangerous than the physical gangsters, which is your military, your state police, and all of those things. Yeah, so the paperwork gangsters more dangerous because they can send the other ones off to fight their war. Why they how about that? How why about that? The paperwork gangsters—they Connecticut on a, on a horseback ride. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, man. So you you really don't own it if you can't protect it. And, and so that is a lesson taught to me by life in North Philadelphia growing up and then the Army. Years, of, years, of, years, of, years of being in the military, you know what I mean, followed up, you know, following that up. Like yeah. you don't own what you don't protect. You can't own it. If, if yeah. somebody could take it from you, it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So with that being said, listen, um, don't forget to answer those questions. I'll make sure to leave the link to this article within the show notes as well as the YouTube description. Make sure if you um, listen to this every Friday at 7 p.m., we do a live show. We give away Bitcoin. We have a conversation with the community. We have fun there. We talk about what's going on in the world, our TV shows. Um, shout shout out to everybody. Um, Shout out to the folks that recommended Yellowstone. I'm flying through it right now. No, I'm on your, I'm on your heels. (laughs) I'm, I'm on episode six already, bro. Nice, I'm, nice. I'm on episode oh, six. I'm on and, 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 and the crazy part is that show is a lot about what we're talking it about. It is in terms, of, in terms of like you know, episode episode one was kind of slow. It started off fast, then it got slow, and yeah. then it picked up. But because I was like, man, ain't people ain't dying fast enough. <laughs> you know how I do. You like you like action and and, and, yeah. and stuff. And then you know, I start getting my I start getting my fill of action. Then. See, I can't get into the storyline unless people dying. In, in I understand. I like the the political aspect of it, like in terms no, of for sure, because it's a battle for land, right? It's a battle for land and resources. It's, End of the day, it all comes back to a battle. No, for sure. It, it's just for me personally, like if I'm going to be entertained, I got to be fully entertained. I got to be fully engaged, and I can get into storyline. Like for me, Game of Thrones taught a lot of lessons because but I wouldn't have been able to get to those lessons unless people were dying in the. Process. I was I was trying to put together a class around the Game of Thrones, right? So I, you know, I'm always creating courses, right? Yeah. I was, I was trying to create a management course in the lessons from Game of Thrones and how. And somebody gonna hear yeah, this? You gotta you gotta do a lot of watching and rewatching, bro. And I did, and I did, and I had a couple things. But the thing is, it's so deep. Bro. I could take like literally a piece of an episode and create a whole class on it. So it was like it got to be a bit overwhelming. Um, but I was shouting out because I, I wasn't, you know, we wasn't in the Yellowstone. Someone told me, but it's, it's a you know great show in terms of for sure. Even what we're talking about now in terms of resources and ownership, it, 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 it's, it's all in that. Yeah, yeah. So that's if kind you, of if you want to watch a show about land rights and property rights and yeah, fighting for 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 space, mm-hmm. that's that's a show that you want to watch. Yeah, man. So with that being said, man, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate all the support. Um, this weekend I'll be in AC speaking at the Black Excellence Conference. So for those that can make it out there, make sure you pull up. Um, you know, love you. Happy all. Father's Day to all the fathers, man. Yeah, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Also, by the We're gonna have the new dates put up. It'll be every Saturday in July. So you can still register right now, but the new dates aren't on the website yet. We'll get that put up. But the dates will be every Saturday in July for Friday, July 1st. Yeah, this summer, this week's camp is July 1st. It's five weeks. We've condensed it to five weeks. We're kind of, we, we're actually, listen, me and Corey have been putting tweaking. a lot of work in. We're tweaking it and we're making it perfect. It used to be six weeks. I could think we started eight and six. Eight weeks. But we got it down to five now. 
and it's intense, but it's a whole lot of information. But we're going to do it every Saturday in July um, for the camp. New, to go new information. Yeah. Those yeah. Of our previous campers, we have some new information. Absolutely. Bythehoodcamp.com. That's bythehoodcamp.com. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace.